Welcome to Verity Cast, the professional's podcast. Join host Chris Tabish as he talks with real people about their most valued secrets of leadership, business tips, and success. And now, professional football's winningest team, number 2011, Oakland. So today we're being joined by Gary Williams. Gary, thank you for that introduction. My pleasure. Uh, great to be here. That's the typical line, right? If anybody's yeah. being hey, great to be here. I really, That's actually, right. Chris, I don't like being here, yeah. but I'm willing to do this because you're a neighbor. We'll take what we can get. We'll take what we can get. So, uh, so Gary Williams. So, just to, if if you've lived in the Bay Area, you've been to a Raiders game, you've been to a Cal Bears game, you've listened to the five o'clock news, uh, or training video from Lockheed Martin, Juniper Network, Cisco, and the list goes on, you probably heard Gary's voice. So That's right, uh, uh, Chris. Yes, you probably have. <laughs> One of many, wow. many voices from yeah. Gary. Uh-huh. Um, what an intro, Chris. It was just how I asked you to say it, too. Phenomenal. And, and of all these different faces that you have, Gary, you describe yourself simply as a voiceover guy. It's not much more complicated than that. I, it's, uh, I'd love to make it sound bigger than it is, but I talk for a living, and I do radio and TV commercials and corporate communications, and that's just about it. And it's, it's, uh, it's been a great and fun career. And that is really the reason I wanted to have you on VerityCast today is that if you look across the board, whether it be Monster, whether it be LinkedIn, Yahoo Jobs, the number one requirement for job postings, communication skills, number one consistently. And I think a lot of people go into a job expecting to do, whether it be marketing or sales operations or whatever their job is, and that's their job. But in fact, what they really need to pay attention to and to, in a lot of times, improve are their communication skills. So very grateful to have you on the show to kind of help really, maybe it's just me, Gary, but hopefully our <laughs> listeners too. I guess we'll find their, out. <laughs> improve their communication skills. How to do that? Amazing that it doesn't get more play than it does. You, I think, really hit the nail on the head when you indicated that employers are just... I sense just struggling to find people who are good communicators. They may find people that are experts in marketing and finance and sales, and but they don't find people that have the ability to communicate effectively. It's the one link that joins everybody together, but yet, for whatever reason, it's, it's kind of sorely lacking in companies throughout the United States. And I'm not sure why, but I think if you talk to anybody in corporate management, they certainly would point to that and say, man, we, we have to find people who have the ability to communicate, not only communicate internally and externally, but in a whole variety of ways, whether it be face-to-face, one-to-many, on an email. It gets, for whatever reason, short shrift. And I think as a result companies suffer. You talk to, you know, sometimes one, sometimes thousands of people at a time. What is the process? And for our listeners, what do you go through to make sure that you can articulate and have something easily understood very quickly? 
it's certainly easier said than done. One of the main things that I try and do to be... Well, isn't, isn't saying it done for you? Because that's kind of an ironic thing. <laughs> well, yes. Once I say it, it's done. <laughs> you have to be, I think, the first thing of being a good communicator is you have to be a good listener. It isn't your ability so much to say or do, but the first thing you have to do is find out what is the other person interested in doing and can you then in turn communicate what they want you to communicate effectively. I'm not sure that that's a a great explanation, but it's kind of simple and well so so that a lot of people say that being a good listener but i guess what do you do or how do you prepare yourself is there anything that you go through or you tell yourself to become a good listener my wife is very good about this she says gary when you are in a social setting or a business setting and depending on how many people are there let's say there are four people in that conversation you only get 25 percent of the time to talk you don't get 50 percent i mean her 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 comments were well taken i so i think it's probably as much as anything else just being aware of it and not always having to feel like if there is silence that you have to fill that void so i I, most of the work that i do frankly doesn't require a ton of interaction with either the client or somebody else. It does when I'm trying to get a sense of direction as to how they want the, the, the material that I'm going to read to sound. So you, somebody who's a good director, I have to be able to take direction from them. This I want it to be low-key. I want it to be, we're, we really want to sell this aspect of it. So I guess when I say you have to be a good listener, you also have to be able to take direction well in my field because once it's recorded and done, you don't want to have to go back and recreate the wheel again. Yeah, something that you said about uh, being okay with the clear space and not having to fill it. And it's funny because you are make your life by communicating Oftentimes it's by yourself, but at times it's with a large crowd that they're hearing your voice. Part of the ability to read material effectively, and I use it when I'm doing Raiders games or Cal games too, is a pregnant pause when you're reading something adds drama to whatever you're trying to communicate. So if if I'm ever teaching somebody or somebody's asking for advice and they're having them we're having them read some script or material. I always have them mark up the script and say, hey, you want to pause there because pausing adds anticipation on the part of the audience. What's he going to say now? I'm not talking about five, six seconds where it's like, what happened? It's more anticipation and then the payoff comes. If you listen to or watch any good actor, timing is is everything. Somebody, a comedian can... Four people can say the same material. One person can get huge laughs. Somebody else who reads it and doesn't do it very effectively dies on stage. So timing is important. How, how do you do that? How do you gain that sense of timing to where it does add the dramatic inflection, but not overt, like five or six seconds? Yeah, I, I think that's 
experience, training. You can take classes. I think you can improve your communication skills for sure. I don't think everybody is a born communicator, but people can get better through time and effort. So in my in my situation, when I'm reading scripts and I've done this for a long, long time, you can get a, an idea of the sense of direction of the material very quickly. Time is money in my business. And so when I get scripts or I get material that I'm going to read for a particular client, you don't have 45 minutes to review the script and to go over it and underline everything. It's pretty much rip and read. It's here's the material. We're in a studio. We have a director, an engineer, you, the client. There's a lot of money and time going on. Uh, so time is of the essence. You want to be quick, and but at the same time, you want to be good. So it does. there's not a lot of room for studying material. It's pretty much go. So the other thing I want to go back to is you said taking direction well. Now, this one is interesting. So good listening and taking direction well, and it sounds like a dream. Like who wouldn't want to work with somebody like that? But I think what I find when I work with a lot of people, especially when they're coming in as an expert, they think that they need to provide a direction or provide an opinion or they're not worth what they're being paid. How, how do you reconcile that or get past that? Uh, the way that I've always tried to do anything when I'm working with people is to make it collaborative. So you include the other person. That probably goes to my definition or approach when it comes to leadership or working with other people. And that is, uh, to me, and someone who's effective at bringing people together, at making things happen, is somebody who's willing to get into the trenches with with other people i i see way too much attempts at leadership by intimidation or see how loud somebody can be that that's not leadership that's if it is leadership in my judgment it's poor leadership i i think that there is something to be said for being for lack of a better word a servant where you're you're helping you're enabling, you're bringing other people up, you're encouraging, you're utilizing people that are better than you are in a given area and not worried about who gets the credit. Some people think, oh, if I'm a servant, I'm, I'm, uh, or I'm humble in th those kinds of leadership roles, you're, you're showing weakness. I beg to differ. I think you're showing strength. And I think in order to have humility, you have to have um, strong self-confidence. I don't think the two are mutually exclusive. So getting back to when you are, and I want to come back to the leadership, but first I'm genuinely curious about when you are creating a pause or communicating, you talked about good listening, you talked about taking direction, but some of that being able to communicate is, and let's go back to a football game. Right. Lots, lots happening, lots right. going on. Right. In any one play, you have how the quarterback, you know, looked down the field through the pass, how the outside linebacker came in very aggressively, numerous things going on. And the same thing in the corporate environment. When you go through a meeting, a lot of statuses, a lot of issues, but you're able to very quickly pick out the salient points, summarize in probably a handful of words to the point where, yep, 
Gary got it. That made sense. That's what happened on that play. How do you, how do you distill that? Um, because that is one I think. Watch being a good listener. Right. Um, but some of it is not. Nobody could give you that direction to say, "Hey, Gary, take those three things." I mean, how, what is that that you do? Many times, less is more. And and what I mean by that, let's. I'll use a, a football analogy because that's what I'm familiar with because I've I've done this announcing thing for the Raiders for a long time. When when somebody scores a touchdown, for example, they. 60,000 people in the college, they see that. They know that Amari Cooper just scored a a touchdown on a long pass. Do they need me to say, Amari Cooper for a touchdown? I mean, it's kind of obvious he scored a touchdown. So oftentimes what I'll do instead is you play to the crowd so you 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 see who's the audience and i think the same thing holds true in the corporate environment who who are we trying to talk to who are we communicating to know your audience that what i'll do in a situation like that is they see it's a touchdown the fans are going crazy they don't need me to yell over them once once things die down a little bit what they may be wondering is how far was that pass so i'll say Amari Cooper, 72 yards. Gotcha. They know it's a touchdown, but what they didn't know was that was a 72-yard touchdown. So you you pick out what you think are the salient points and then go from there. It's almost it's almost kind of the way that you describe it. It's like riding a wave. You know, like the first wave is the touchdown. And you're like, oh, I'm going to get a, a little bit more out of that wave. That's just what I felt from you, the way that you... There, there is something magical about doing this in front of a live audience because you're a little bit on a tightrope. You, you, whatever you say, you can't take it back. <laughs> I, I remember one. There's not an undo button. No, there in the isn't. Box and there the, isn't. Yeah. And unfortunately, there's not a there's not a button that can turn off the mic if it's on and you left it on. And I, I, I'll never forget doing. <laughs> doing a, a a bowl game at one time it was at AT&T it was AT&T Park where the Giants play and they had us in a very bad um, place in the stadium it was almost impossible to see down the other end at the very beginning of the game I wasn't used to the microphone and it was on and I turned to my spotter the guy that assists me and I said to him and it went out over the crowd I said I can't see a thing <laughs> and I can't see a thing whoops did there what was the crowd reaction I don't know I was too embarrassed to, <laughs> to but you got what are you gonna do you just yeah. gotta you gotta keep on going yeah yeah so so that's um, you know what you're really I hear you describing so you know, taking direction, being good listening, being a good listener, just keeping going. It is something that it just feels like you're being present. You're not getting caught up in the past. Oh, I messed up and everybody thinks I'm a jerk. You're being really present in that moment. Yeah, there, there's there's no place else to go. I mean, you, you I guess that's what what makes it fun and I've, and I've figured out over the years that, that I guess uh, to a certain degree, I'm a little bit of a fun junkie. Uh, for me to take an interest in something, it's got to be 
enjoyable. That's probably not unique, but I, I have figured that out over time that anything, whether it's a, a script that I'm reading, whether it's me introducing people as a master of ceremonies or what have you. And, and I think it goes, plays in the corporate world as well, is there, there is, you have to be prepared. And that's one of the things that I always, always emphasize with anybody when I do some seminars that I've led and what have you is preparation is, is key. And it's amazing how many people just wing it or don't, don't think they have to prepare and, and can get by on, on the strength of either their own personality or their own expertise. I, so, so, and I want to come, I want to ask you about preparation, but first I just want to say, I really like that quote, be present there's no place else to go. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's very well put. So, wow. um, so when you talk about preparing, I mean, let's just say a uh, Raiders game, you're going in there, you know, seemingly, I think a lot of people would think that, hey, what, what is there to prepare for? I'm going right. in here, I'm going to wing it, I'm going to watch, and I'm going to talk about. What are some of those things that you do to prepare? Very, very simple. If anything else, make sure you pronounce people's names correctly. It's as simple as that. So that's the first thing. Do you want to to throw out somebody's name in front of 70,000 people and you you can't do enough homework to get Namdi Asamoah's name pronounced correctly or whoever it is. So the very first thing I do every game that I go to is I make a beeline for the opposing team's public relations people to say, "Hey, can we run through this roster so I know how to pronounce people's names correctly and if i screw it up here's where i am and come down and please let me know so i get it right is there and i think that 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 can be uh, it it holds true also in the the corporate world and what i'm talking about is really is just is preparation more than anything else and that's just a, a football idea but but being prepared again it sounds tried it's that boy wasn't that the boy scout motto of be prepared whatever but it, it but it's true yeah it is is there any sort of along with preparation you know and i think in the corporate world and I, i'm assuming it happens in the communications world as well but there's a time that you feel pinched in being the communicator being the representative where you have your voice and you want to say something to say, let's just say, oh, Oakland fumbled the ball. Oh, here we go again. Oakland fumbled the ball. Well, you know, hey, you're representing. Hey. The, <laughs> sorry. So you're representing. No, the Broncos uh, fumbled it never the happens. Ball. Yeah. <laughs> you're representing the corporation that, hey, they're doing good. They're improving. And how do you reconcile that uh, putting you, you, maybe what you're thinking in that moment versus the what you know you need to represent? The NFL is a big business. <laughs> surprise, surprise. When I was first hired, I had an audience. I, and this really surprised me. I had an audience. They said, hey, Gary, we're going to hire you. And this was, and we're, I want you to meet the CFO and the person who runs the team. And I was a, a bit surprised. Uh, wow. Uh, I didn't think my pay grade was that high and this thing was that important to necessitate this but okay and so i met with the president and the cfo of the raiders at the time 
Amy Trask and Mark Bedane. Mark is now the, the president. And and they said, Gary, for we all... You go out there and deflate a couple of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, they didn't say that. And if they did, I would never admit yeah. it. The, uh, what they said was, and, and it's true, whether it's the NFL or the Oakland Raiders as a corporation or Cisco Systems or Lockheed Martin, for all intents and purposes, you represent our company. You are our, on this day, you're our brand. You are our voice. And so what you say and how you say it is critically, critically important. And I and I get that. It's yeah. not my time to, oh, now I have a microphone so I can be a stand-up comedian. Yeah. That is inappropriate. Somebody is paying me good money to represent their company, their firm. They're going to get my best effort, and I'm going to take my cues from the people who are in charge of what they want me to say. It's as simple as that. Is there anything, I think, I mean, just kind of going through the list, and this is for our listeners out there, particularly who want to enhance their communication skills, really getting tips from a pro who's done this for the past 30 plus years. And we talked about a lot of great things that you wouldn't necessarily think being a good communicator. I think a lot of people show up to that, hey, I'm just going to read the, the PowerPoint bullets and people are going to get it and understand it. But, you know, you talked about really being a good listener, uh, taking direction well, being sort of that servant leader where you really understand what they want to convey and you're putting a little bit of yourself into it, but really kind of going with the flow of that direction from, you know, where that communication spawns, knowing your audience, being prepared, and not taking yourself too seriously and focus on customer service. Wow, you're a good listener. You, Thank you. just you. rattled right. off. Uh, I'm working on the uh, communication. Yeah, bit, you but rattled off. And boy, those are pearls of wisdom. Who, 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 who came up with those? Man, oh, man. Did so, you interview the right guy? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, and there will be a, uh, a, a test at the end of this yeah, uh, podcast. On 80% so. or less, you don't pass the assessment. <laughs> I just got finished reading something like that. If you don't pass 80% of the questions, you'll have to take the assessment again. There's always time to redo it. Yes. So, um, so is there anything else that you would offer to our listeners in terms of, in, in addition, to what you, I agree, I mean, a lot of good advice out there. Um, anything else? But the bottom line is you, you've got to kind of just be yourself. You can't be somebody that you're not. And most people have an ability to communicate on, effectively on some level. Sometimes maybe it takes a little more effort. Some people have it more naturally than others. But, but most people, especially if they're in leadership roles and are you know, high up on the, the food chain, they, they have an ability to, to be good communicators. And I think a lot of it is just maybe learning some basic skills that we have kind of been talking about. But, but ultimately, you have to be true to yourself. You just got to be you. Well, Gary, it has been so great having you on the show. I mean, it's, uh, I think, just really getting clarity on what it takes to be a good communicator because in some ways it seems that it, that it should be so basic, but it's not, but then it is, if you know what I mean. So, but investing that time and really kind of knowing 
the pearls of wisdom that you provided, I think, uh, and I hope will uh, very valuable to me and I hope, I'm sure, our listeners as well. So, great, uh, Chris, it's great to be here. Who do I send my invoice to? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah. That guy walking. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, this is fun. I'm sure that uh, I probably talk too much, but that's, uh, that's pretty par for the course. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, yeah. was, uh, it was awesome. Gary Williams and Chris Tabbage saying bye-bye, everybody. 